Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Okay, now a question for everybody. How many of you find some parts of the Bible really hard to understand? Yep, same here. I have trouble too. I have to admit it, the Bible is not always clear. Oh, there's parts that are very clear, but there are some that are very difficult. Especially making those between the connection between the text and how it applies to my life and the lives of others. Tonight, we start our series on the threads of salvation. We're going to follow words all the way through Scripture from the beginning to end. There are words like paradise, trees, serpent, flood, and thorns. All five themes are based on the work by Pastor Timothy Pauls of Boise, Idaho. What do they have to do with Lent? They all come to focus on our Lord Jesus Christ and what he has done. Because that's the key. He is the key. Jesus is the key to unlocking the scriptures. And that's the focus tonight as we begin our series. We've left the Mount Transfiguration of experience. There the disciples saw Jesus in full glory with all his radiance along with Elijah and Moses. And they heard the voice, this is my beloved son. Peter just wanted to stay there and soak it all up, build three buildings and be there. But that's not the way life is. You know, when we win our first hockey game after a string of bad luck, when we've struggled so hard to, to get that dance move or the dance sequence together and finally get it, after years of being a C or below student and finally getting that A and maybe landing that awesome job, whatever your mountaintop experience may be, we just like to stay there, wouldn't we? But life just isn't that way. Well, let's see how it works out in the Bible. God had made the crown of his creation. Adam and Eve placed in the garden. And then Genesis 3. God's word reveals to us why life is so frustrating. Pain and childbearing, conflict between husband and wife, toil in life's work, entrance of death. Then we read in Genesis 3.20, the man called his wife's name Eve because she would become the mother of all the living. Adam, don't you get it? What did you hear? Don't you see there's going to be so much wrong? Your wife messed up? Not only did you stand there and watch, but you went right along with her? Adam, how can you rejoice until you remember the key of Genesis 3? God said to the serpent, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between the 
Your offspring and her offspring, and he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. You might say, what good news is that? And enmity is hostility, offspring is pain and childbearing, bruising is pain, and yet Adam, Adam hears a promise right there. A promise that the, uh, there's going to be a child who will go ahead and conquer the serpent that will come from his wife. And we know that offspring as Jesus. Oh, and Eve did hear the promise too. In Genesis 4, we read, Now Adam knew his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain. And here our translations don't do us much help. You can check it out in your NIV Bible in Genesis chapter 4, verse 1. It actually reads, I have gotten a man, the Lord. She expected some great thing from her child. God said, not yet. Got to wait. There will be another later. And so we follow the family tree from generation to generation, on and on and on. And we come to Abraham. And we read in Genesis chapter 4, Behold, the word of the Lord came to him. This man shall not be your heir, as he talks about Eliezer. Your very own son will be your heir. And the Lord brought him to outside, and he said, Look at the heavens. And see the stars of the sky. So shall your offspring be. And he believed the Lord, and it was credit to him as righteousness. And how many children did Abraham and Sarah have? One. Not too impressive yet. But one will make the promise come sure. And Abraham's wife, she too struggled with that promise. Remember when she heard of the promise? <laughs> she laughed. What a joke. Chapter 18. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and advanced in years, and the way of women had ceased to be with Sarah. So Sarah laughed to herself, saying, After I'm worn out and my Lord is old, will I have this pleasure? Sarah is a reminder that we are not alone in our struggle with the fulfillment of God's promises. But the neat thing is that our doubts do not make God's promises null and void. They do not make them any less real. God's word is sure. You can bank on it. God's word is sure, even when God's promises seem like they're not going to come to nothing. Like when Abraham goes ahead and takes Isaac up to the mountain, right? To be sacrificed. But the angel of the Lord stops him right before he goes ahead and plunges that knife into his son. And the Lord provides a ram, his only son. Those words should ring in our ears, should they not? You can hear Jesus speaking in the Gospel of John, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Again, see, Jesus is the center. Jesus is the key to the scriptures. Now, I could do more. I could think but I think you get the point. The fulfillment of God's promises are, again, all in Jesus. You heard it. You know it well. 
It's easier for us. As we look back in history, we can see what God has been doing. So that Paul is able to write in 1 Corinthians, or 2 Corinthians chapter 1, for all the promises of God find their yes in Jesus. That is why it is through him we utter our amen to the Lord, to God for his glory. Yes, we have the promises more sure, just like we hear in 2 Peter chapter 1. And we have the prophetic word made firmly, fully confirmed, to which you will do well to pay attention as a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in our hearts, knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation, for no prophecy ever had produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And the center of those Scriptures, we find even Jesus says, in 539, use such the scriptures because you think that by them you have eternal life. But these are the scriptures that testify about me. It's all about Jesus. But then again, how does this help us in our life? What is God looking for? He is looking for the same thing that he saw in Adam the same thing that he saw in Abraham. After Adam named his wife Eve, he confessed that she would be the mother of all the living. And God clothed them with animal skins, that first sacrifice to cover them. And when God gives the promise to Abraham and his descendants, it says, and he that is, Abraham believed God and the Lord credited to him as righteousness. That's what John 3.16 is all about. The word creating faith. That is, belief in God's word. For his promises are true. That we would live that way. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Tonight, we are hearing God's word so that we might be strengthened when we face our Ash Wednesdays, to face those tough times in life, to face those times when life seems not to make sense. The writer to the Hebrews helps us understand why it is still a struggle. Why those of old waited and waited. Hear this from Hebrews 11. All these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us they should not be made perfect. Think about that. God wants all of us everyone in the past who believed in him to receive the blessing at the same time, the fulfillment of the promise, together in Jesus. The Old Testament people looked forward to, the, to Jesus, the Messiah. I should maybe do it this way because they didn't know who his name was, right? The Old Testament looked, people all looked to the Messiah, and we know him as Jesus. And we, as those 
after the New Testament looked back to the Messiah, Jesus, who came. These are the scriptures that testify about me. It's all centered in Jesus. Amen. Now the peace of God that passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus.